Hello and welcome to the BNP Paribas Markets 360 podcast. We cover the topics that matter from the global economy to market strategy. Hello and thank you for joining us. I'm Trevor Allen, Head of Sustainability Research for Markets 360 here at BNP Paribas. I'm absolutely thrilled today to be joined by Megan Dale, Sustainability Research Analyst on my team. It's Monday morning here in London on the 7th of November, 2022. We are full of excitement and anticipation for the upcoming COP27 Climate Summit taking place this week in Sharm el-Sheikh. Like many of you, we are curious about what will happen this year. A lot has changed since COP26 in Glasgow last November, so let's dive right in. Megan, what are your first thoughts on what to expect at this year's summit? Hi, Trevor. Thank you. So, as we all know, the official theme of COP27 this year is implementation. But what exactly does this mean? Well, last year at COP26 in Glasgow, we saw a plethora of countries either pledge new climate targets or update their existing ones. There certainly was a lot of ambition. However, there was a lack of detail around how these goals would actually be achieved, which brings us to COP27. Ultimately, we expect and need to see a lot more concrete action. This year is really about following through on past promises. We don't expect to see much in the way of countries making new climate targets again this year. Thank you, Megan. That's a bit disappointing because I thought that countries reached an agreement at the end of COP26 last year to actually update their climate ambitions before the end of this year as well. That's a good point, Trevor. They did, and we do expect some progress on emissions reduction targets, but only from a select few regions which are generally considered climate leaders, such as the EU. We think that the bloc will increase its emissions reduction targets to a 60 to 65% reduction by 2030, which would be an increase of five to 10 percentage points compared to its current target of a 55% emissions reduction. Any update would likely be agreed after COP, however. But in terms of the other major emitters, such as China and the US, we don't see any further increases on their climate pledges. Yes, I suppose the EU may certainly feel some pressure to keep up momentum. And if the region increases its climate target to 65%, This would bring the bloc in line with Germany, its biggest emitter. Either way, there still seems to be some way to go for Europe to be aligned with the 1.5 degree target set out in the 2015 Paris Agreement. Another initiative that seems as it's facing some headwinds is funding. What do you think will happen in terms of the long-awaited 100 billion US dollar climate funding for emerging markets? Will developed nations finally deliver it this year? This topic has caused a lot of contention since they first missed the target in 2020. To be brutally honest, it doesn't look likely. The expected date for delivery is currently 2023. However, a lot has changed since this was agreed last year. With the war in Ukraine, high energy prices and a potential recession, Western countries have had a lot on their plate already, so we may see slower investment. Contributions from the US in particular are desperately needed to deliver this financing. This may prove challenging for President Joe Biden to achieve with the ongoing US elections, which may mean we could see more support through multilateral development banks in the near term. You are right, though. An agreement on funding will be key to successful negotiations, and we should get an early indicator this Wednesday on Finance Day. That's a bit underwhelming. Are there any other more promising financing initiatives we should be looking out for? 
Well, we do think that emerging markets could look to monetize their natural resources by issuing more carbon offset credits. This initiative could be supported by taking steps towards the creation of a global carbon market. In other words, implementing Article 6 of the Paris Agreement. Interesting, Megan. Could you elaborate why we think emerging markets may look to issue more carbon offsets going forward? So the answer to this is twofold. Firstly, as we mentioned, there is a funding gap. Emerging markets which are facing impacts from extreme weather events need additional channels to generate capital for climate resilience projects. Secondly, a lot of projects that emerging markets are looking to fund are adaptation projects, while the majority of capital invested in sustainability projects goes towards mitigation activities, i.e. developing renewable energy. For example, U.S. climate envoy John Kerry publicly stated in an interview that the U.S. wants to focus on climate mitigation projects to help reduce emissions and now lessen the chances of further extreme weather events. The challenge is finding a better way to balance the funding for mitigation and adaptation activities. That makes sense. And it's also clear to see why more detail is needed around Article 6 to scale this carbon offset market. It will further be interesting to see if greater transparency and record-keeping will really help to attract more demand for a global carbon offset market. Yes, absolutely. So, turning to the topic of greater collaboration, do you think the recent bilateral deals between emerging markets and developed economies could carry any weight? For example, the EU and Morocco have just collaborated on a deal to develop clean energy infrastructure in Morocco. That's a great question. Collaborations focused on developing cheaper energy from solar and wind and on new technologies like green hydrogen have the potential to really be a bright spark for COP27 as they can help increase the chances for countries to set more ambitious net zero goals sooner. These types of collaborations can also help attract more foreign direct investment for green projects in emerging markets at a time where we could see investment in these markets slow significantly. The key here is scale. For example, the EU has agreed to invest 1.8 billion euros to develop clean energy in Morocco by the end of the decade, while the US and the UAE have agreed to invest around 100 billion in clean energy development around the world by 2035. Further, China and Singapore are setting up a task force to identify opportunities to invest in green energy in both countries. We expect to see more collaborations like these to be announced around and after COP27, with both government and private capital providing the funding. All in all, there is a lot to look out for. Which brings me to say that is all the time we have for today, but Megan and I look forward to welcoming you again when we talk about the aftermath of what was agreed at COP27. Thank you, Megan, for joining me. And until next time, thank you for listening. This communication does not constitute research, a recommendation, or any form of advice from BMP Paribas or its affiliates. It does not consider your financial circumstances or objectives, and it may not be suitable for you. It should not be copied or reproduced in whole or in part.